We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Report. Uh, we are excited to be joined by a returning guest. Connor is here to uh, discuss Week 15 with us. He was probably remember him from when he was back on. I don't even remember what week it was. I think I missed that show, but I'm I'm excited to be able to talk to you this time. Uh, how's it going? Uh, doing good. Doing good. Um, mixed mixed bag on the, on the fantasy football, but I'm having a good week. Yeah, um, I wanted to say that thank you for going back on. We enjoyed having, having you back, and it's good to have you back here. Uh, you know, this is around the time of year where we start looking forward a little bit forward to next year, but, you know, get your thoughts on today. Um, I would want to let everyone know that as we before we start, Chris Godwin took what seems to be a pretty serious hit, um, and he is down right now, like like really bad. Uh, we let you know in case anything changes, but um, yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a shame there. So I wanted to you know get, get a little bit of your thoughts here, Connor, because we are you know for anyone for any of you who play best ball, where and especially the tournaments, we are well into the uh, uh, knockout rounds. Uh, Connor, how do you think you did this year, and will you be changing your approach up a little bit next year? Out of curiosity. Um. So I'm. Uh, it, it, it's. It's. Too, it's too, I guess it's de- definitely too early to tell, uh, but I'm at a, I'm at a weird spot where my um, acro- if you look at my teams across the board, my advance rates uh, were more were were basically average, basically average, uh, which I drafted with good structure, so that was disappointing, but. On the flip side, when I look into the uh, when I look into this round, like I said, it's too early to tell. Um, but uh, I think that I will have a better than average uh, advance through this one, and 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 hope, hopefully whatever I get through, th- those are better off too. So it's kind of weird. Um, I dra- I definitely drafted very very um, wide receiver heavy. Uh, I was very willing to take risks at running back. Even more so than traditionally, um, mm-hmm. when it came to where, uh, um, like let's say that the, the uh, even w- when I was drafting hero running back team, so that's when you draft one up top, and then mm-hmm. uh, normally four more. I w- I was much more willing to push push 
uh, uh, the the I was willing to push the the edge there a little bit more, um, and I think that throughout the um, throughout the regular season, that that's probably that's that, that's probably uh, hurt my advance rate a lot. Uh, same thing with quarterback. Uh, I was a lot more willing to be shaky with my second quarterback. A lot more willing to be shaky with my second tight end. Um, and those those are all things that if you're in a league, uh, it doesn't help you. Uh, but I think that when those bets did pay off, uh, now again we've so many games left to play, so I I could have egg on my face uh, on Tuesday. Uh, but I think it's paying off throughout. Um, I think I think though if I'm if I'm reflecting back uh, on one thing that I could have done slightly better is be more uh, a little bit more nihilistic on the uh, on the players I was picking. Um, like I took I took hu- personally speaking I took huge stances. Um, so for example. Uh, when the Julio Jones uh, news was coming out, and it was like, oh, he's gonna leave. He's gonna leave the Falcons. Uh, there was there was no in the in the drafts I was doing. There was no reaction. He was still late second, early third, and I was like, okay, well that's wrong. So anytime anytime I'm anywhere near that, I'm just gonna hammer, 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 hammer. Uh, yeah. And I, I I think I had like thirty percent Calvin Ridley. Uh, yeah. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, just, I mean, look, it's not it's like like that is like a very abnormal absence. And I think that the, the process that got you onto Calvin Ridley was correct, right? It, and it's a shame, and we've, you know we've said this multiple times in the show, but please be well, Calvin. Right? Like, is like the, the yeah, game yeah, is yeah. better with him in it. Yeah, it, it's, it's a, all about his health for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's a it's definitely an unusual outcome for him like the reason he's missing the season is not something you expect to happen but it's also i think to your point you know he could have just as easily torn his acl or something and you'd still be regretting that 30 percent. so yeah uh, i mean conversely russell gage went off today and that could have just been connor you know uh, calvin ridley and connor could be sitting here going well i got like a 40 point week out of calvin and this is it right that's true right like this is one of those abnormal you can't beat yourself up on the process there because it's very hindsight, hindsight fueled. Um, right. I, the, I, sure. I will. I, the, the point that I liked Connor making was about being nihilistic in your player selection is something that we at Rotoviz uh, using our tools. Um, if you were to just literally draft by the heat maps and literally not care about who the name is you're, kick, you're clicking, you probably have a much better win mm-hmm. rate than actually going through and actually selecting players. Connor, I, out of curiosity, have you been playing best ball long, or is this like your first second season? Uh, for best ball, uh, this is actually my first year. This is your first year. Yeah. Okay, so, you, so you, congratulations! You're doing much better. Uh, you, you're doing really well. You should be proud of yourself. Because um, in my first year, I think I lucked out. My second year, I paid my tuition pretty heavily by taking <laughs> doing what you did, where where, where I took a very a very uh, in, like very difficult like uh, stances on players. And this was the year Rashad Penny was coming out of college. Royce Freeman was coming out of college, uh, overdrafting these dudes and just like taking turds in my lineup. When meanwhile you got Sean writing, "Oh, take Chris Carson in the twentieth," and I'm like, "What does Sean Siegel know about running backs?" <laughs> right? And 
and that and that happened right so i had like 30% rashad penny nothing right 30 30% royce freeman nothing and then and then on top of that like like, like when you take stances like that it's completely going to just sink you so right. i think i think that i think the nihilism point is is well taken because those adp heat, i mean those adp heat maps people aren't necessarily going back and matching this stuff up but you'll see right. um you'll see guys like Ben Roethlisberger and Kirk Cousins going after, uh, you know, younger, sexy QBs like um, Justin Fields and, and Trey Lance, who's an absolute, right. you know, uh, uh, waste. But like the last few years, guys like, and you can do this on the site, is you can go see where Justin Herbert was going. And and last year, I mean, when, when Herbert went off, there was a there was a there was a parade of fantasy analysts yakking about Tyrod Taylor, right? And they just kept his ADP low. And we didn't hear the same parade of analysts shamelessly touting Jimmy Garoppolo because they can't do that, right? right? And and so we just need to be more nihilistic about who we're listening to, and and, and let the market maybe make make some of our, our decisions for us. I think one uh, one example that's a good example where I can say, hey, this is something where I I need to fix next year. Um, two players in the third fourth round that I really liked were uh, DJ Moore and Chris Godwin. Uh, and I like them like so. I like them way more than Robert Woods and um, and Cooper Cup. And so whenever I, I got a choice, it was always, "Hey, I want DJ Moore. I want uh, uh, Chris Godwin." And like, I don't, I don't think maybe maybe the prospect stuff wasn't wasn't absolutely wrong there, but it doesn't matter. Like a scenario that I did not envision happening, where Cooper Cup like just completely gets a stranglehold on the, on the receiving share and becomes this 25 point a game guy. And I, th- there's no way I could, I, I can't say, Hey, I should have predicted this, but I can say, Hey, maybe I shouldn't have been so certain about those players. And, and as you say, that's where you say, like, don't maybe don't look at the names quite so much. The ADP, ADP hit maps, your structure, mm-hmm. Uh, and then when you get coop and, and then you can find yourself on something like that and just get lucky yeah like yeah. even if you're sorry you were saying Blair no go ahead no because like uh, I'm giving a, uh, uh, just a peek to it behind the band the curtain on like how I approached this year was I had rankings I had tiers yeah but like in the rounds I'm not so like the trick is you don't want to reach for certain guys because uh, I, I tried playing a lot more volume just because you don't want the ADPs to go up and you don't want to be chasing guys whose ADPs spiral up, right? So I was just taking whoever would come to me in that round in the same tier and then just sort of pray that they come back to me in the next round if, if I had them ranked in the same tier, but like I'm okay with letting them go, right? So like so like even if I had Cooper Cup ranked alongside Godwin or whatever, and I, and I think that like he might come back to me if I'm at the back end of the you know four or five turn, it's happened a couple of times. I got lucky, but you know, it's just one of those things where um, you don't want to pick these guys and like chase a spiraling upward ADP because it happens to. I mean, we see it every off season where like fantasy Twitter talks about X Y Z player being underrated, and then all of a sudden, like they're just chasing this one guy, and and it, it doesn't work out that way. I mean, Jacoby Myers comes to mind. Marcus Callaway comes to mind. And these are just and these are just the late round guys, like um, yeah, guys like Jarvis you know. Landry. The Vis- yeah, the Visca Chanel, uh, hmm. Jarvis Landry was a league loser. Robert Woods is a league has been a league loser for a few for a few years. So you know you want to avoid just buying into these like um, 
hype circle jerks, right? And like, and conversely, <laughs> conversely, someone like Tyler Boyd uh, just saw his ADP completely cratered. Like the fact that you're getting Tyler Boyd by the end, like closer to August, after a lot of these guys who busted is is ridiculous. You know, like like Tyler Boyd is a wide receiver five is, I mean, good God, man! Like that's awesome. Right, and he just went nuts today as well. So mm-hmm. even like even if uh, the fu- the funny thing is, even, even if he didn't help, he didn't help you that too much. And uh, but he's still somebody who's very very liable to do something like that. And you're mm-hmm. getting him at like great at that great price where you could take him into the playoffs, and he could help you like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one thing uh, you know from digging into like the win rates and stuff, you realize how different the guidance has to be between best ball and redraft so we talk about zero running back we talk about um structural drafting and not necessarily you know value-based drafting and i think what you kind of discover is that that works really well in redraft where you have a waiver wire you can pick up guys like Cordero patterson you can drop guys who get hurt um and in best ball it's almost more uh you have to be a little more value conscious there um, because you have to, like you said, diversify on these early guys. And, you know, the best way to do that is to just take guys who you're not necessarily on, but who fall past ADP. So, I mean, you know, it hates, I mean, I hate to say like, Oh, just let the draft come to you and then you'll be fine. But I mean, in best ball, uh, a little bit of that actually is kind of what you have to do. I think. I mean, let me give you a somewhat embarrassing example. Uh, so one of one of my better teams that did advance on uh, FFPC, uh, the FSPC best ball, uh, it had Leonard Fournette. And uh, the reason it had Leonard Fournette is because in that draft, he fell way past his ADP. Mm-hmm. And I auto drafted him. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the best. That was the best pick that entire draft. Yeah, right. <laughs> just because it was oh, a man. very value conscious running back bullet pick. And I mean that's just. I mean, and I just and that just sort of speaks to the nihilism a little bit, right? Like it's a mm-hmm. little bit like with Debo Samuel, right? Like we know Debo is good. He just went so late. Like there was like a pretty big delta between him and Ayuk and Kittle when there shouldn't have been. Um, right. Uh, I will, I mean, and this is going to be very hindsight biased, so so I apologize for our listeners, but there's a very good reason behind dual elite tight end, and we saw it play out this week a little bit, with Kelsey going off on Thursday night, and then, you know, you know, Mark Andrews just completely going off today, right? So, like, so like Andrews, um, I don't have his exact stat line, but it doesn't matter who his quarterback is, he's just been producing, right? <laughs> today, today, Huntley you know, had, uh, you know, through 215 yards and two TDs. And and Andrews was the guy who caught, you know, both of those TDs. And that's the kind of value you can get from the dual elite TE because you're freeing up a roster spot. And two, you're getting one of those like massive 35 point plus weeks into your flex. Yeah. Um, you know, so Connor, were you on Andrews at all this year, or, or was it just one of those like taking Hawkinson over Connor? Because that was, I mean, uh, over over Andrews, because that was a very big yeah. decision point. I remember. Um, for me, Andrews, uh, one way or another, ended up being my biggest uh, weight at tight end. Uh, Congratulations! So it worked out for sure. <laughs> um, That's the weight, man. Um, I thought that. Uh, it was one of those situations where uh, 
nobody had any doubts whatsoever as to how good Andrews is as a player. Nobody had any doubts as to what kind of target share he would have. But people had like just these insanely confident opinions as to how often the Ravens were going to uh, pass. And I think in terms of like p- passing volume, you've probably got the best possible. Uh, like, you, like I, not touch wood, like obviously devastating for all the players who did get hurt. Um, and I didn't, I don't want to say that I predicted that, but uh, I think that people were too confident as to how the Ravens were going to be able to play throughout the year. They were too confident that. Way too uh, uh, and and it was like one of those like they just had this huge outlier in terms of like low passing volume, just mm-hmm. huge outlier. And so even just a little bit of reversion to the mean was going to make it a good pick at a at, at his at his ADP. Um, I think one thing as well on him that uh, and something that I kind of noticed. Uh, I was talking to some people about him, and they said that uh, they just couldn't click him. It was one of those guys they couldn't click, and it was because they got burned so much by him last year. And that, I, I, and that's one of, the, I think that's one of those things. Like I, I like try to stay very tuned into behavioral things, like why are the systematic mistakes that we can make? And, yeah. and having been burned by someone before, like that's something. I'm sure there are players that who burn people this year that are going to be screaming yeah. values next year. Yep. Yeah. It's just really weird that it's like one of the handful of elite tight ends is suddenly a guy who you're not going to be able to click, right? <laughs> like, uh, I, like we don't see people doing that with with CMC or Saquon or any of these like running backs. Like we see it with like you know these pass catchers for some odd reason. And like what what really is interesting to me is like if with the Ravens even and this is like okay so after the Dobbins injury. Right, like after we know Dobbins, like none of the pass catchers' as ADPs really moved. They kind of crept upwards, but I mean, people were like doubting Marquise Brown kind of late. But a lot of like sharp, I guess, sharp analysts were really not talking about him because I mean, hey, free, free arbitrage, Will Fuller in the eleventh, guys. Like, let's get this right. Like, like no one's gonna talk. You, you're not gonna see this stuff pop up on Twitter. No, one, like. Like, you know, people are not necessarily incentivized to write about this sort of stuff because it's it's. It was a very there. uncomfortable t- position to take because yep. the neg the, the negatives about them were so easy yeah. to imagine, and the mm-hmm. easier something is to imagine, like we have this thing where like the easier we can envision something, the yep. greater the importance, the greater the weight we place in our mind on that. Yeah. Uh, it's also but, like mm-hmm. Dobbins or whoever the Ravens running back in is, is like the epitome of the sort of analytics running back who doesn't matter, right? <laughs> Someone who's, who just only scores touchdowns and doesn't catch passes. So, I mean, you know, Dobbins is out, whatever. Gus Edwards is the same guy. Oh, he's out, whatever. This guy we've never heard of, Tyson Williams, is the same guy. And then Devonta right. Freeman so, and then the Tatavius Martin, yeah. right? Like guys right. who no one was even drafting. Right. Um, I mean, t- to that end, a team like the Bills was at is uh, you can see how on the one end of the spectrum it is difficult, right? With the Bills, so the, so the Bills this season is playing out high, kind of how you'd imagine the Ravens, right? Where Josh Allen is the running back. But I wanted to get your thoughts on this, Connor, because you know Devin Singletary today just sort of, I mean, 
reap the souls of the Panthers, right? He rushed 22 times for 86 yards and a score. He also had one target for, for 10 yards. Um, you know, so are, are we like transitioning out of this, you know, uh, running back by committee approach that Bills have? Is it like Devin Singletary time? Zach Moss is, in, you know, continues being healthy scratches. So what are you doing with Singletary? Um, I think on a, on a, on a game-to-game basis, the, the one thing that matters is whether uh, Zach Moss is activated or not. Um, because when Zach Moss is activated, when they, th- when, when, when they have a spot on the, uh, on the game they roster, they do, they do mix and match it up a little bit. Um, and and that, uh, that, that kind of sends a preference. I think that, that to me, it, it's obviously not a pure signal. Uh, but it has been some indication of what the uh, game plan is as well. Uh, in that, like, when they decide to activate Zach Moss, they, 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 they've done that. They, he doesn't play special teams, so they've done that to mix him in. But when he's not playing, um, they've, uh, they had that... I, I forget. I, I, I'm drawing a blank on the other guy's name. They had the other guy who they were mixing in with Singletary. And, yeah, Brita. 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 Uh, but I guess he's an older guy. He, I think he's made a few mistakes. Uh, and so it's obviously, it's extremely encouraging that with Zach Moss uh, as a scratch that he got, uh, what you said, 20 touches. Uh, it's extremely encouraging. Um, and and, and when, whenever you have a running back like that, uh, like it, on, 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 if you, unless you draft way differently than I do, you're, you're going to start that guy. Yeah. Uh, it, I think Zach Moss, uh, sorry, not Zach Moss. Uh, Singletary is another interesting guy, and in that he was uh, at least as, as, at least as long as I can remember, he was a running back with a very clear defined uh, role that, like, we knew he was going to be on the field a decent amount, but he was going at ADPs that were like between 140 and 150. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's just man, be, like. People hate running backs. They don't think we'll ever see the field. Right, again, this is going to be me leaking a little bit, like just from where this goes. But people don't like running backs. They can't see as like the lead guy who gets like you know sixty percent right. plus touch share, right? And if you go back a little bit, and it leads to you know if you go back a little bit, you'll see a lot of like pretty big like guys with like decent sized followings who will never ever go back to their early season calls and ever question why they weren't on Daryl Henderson at ADP or Alexander Madison at ADP or literally any of the parade of running backs who right. have started and given you RB1 numbers at some point or RB2 numbers at some point. They will never ask themselves that question because right. they're too busy jamming in the Sterling Shepherds of the world, the the Alan Lazards of the world. They're just so busy cramming their roster full of dog shit wide receivers that they cannot see the forest for the trees. And this is why they will always be beatable and beaten, right? People are crying on Twitter about their, their best ball teams or how difficult a season this is. And like the answer is, this is every year. Every right. year there's going to be this sort of stuff. And none of these people are ever going to wake up. They're going to be throwing money away into a pit. And we're going to make money on these people. That's just all I got to say. I mean, like, there's a reason why... Uh, uh, like a lot of like analysts tend to not give away a lot of like these secret names, like, like a lot of names. Like you, you'll find that there'll be 
quiet about it until the end. And there's a there's a bunch of shark best ball players who just don't even post on Twitter. And they like, um, man, I just take advantage some of the exposures. You sorry? They just take advantage. Yeah, like complete advantage players, man. Like like these guys move ADPs, and then it just sort of changes everything. I think uh, single, I think you made a really good point in that um, people don't want to draft somebody that they can't envision being uh, the lead back, so to speak. But you just told me that Singletary was the lead back, was a twenty touch lead back today, yep. <laughs> and so it it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you can envision it or not, because like. How, how are you going to envision a backfield split in week 15 in July? Like yeah, you can't, yeah. you can't do it. Godspeed this to you, is man. Why, this is why, I mean, it's like one of the main reasons zero RB works is because we're so bad at predicting yeah. who's actually going to be the starter. I mean, especially in week 15, but I mean, we're bad at predicting who it's going to be in week three. So right. because, because the narrative in immediately shifts into well, if this hadn't happened, I would have gotten it right. Well, yes, I know, but it happened. Stuff like that always happens. It happens. It ha- happens right. a lot. You know, uh, if if whatever whatever the split was in week one, if that had just carried out throughout the season, I would have I would have been golden. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but like also, but also think about like all the Kareem Hunt shares that we had that just didn't work out because he got hurt, right? Right. Uh, think about think about DeAndre Swift, who was an absolute smash in the mid to uh, late third, right? Okay. And 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 now you've got these just these. <laughs> Craig Reynolds is out there, I, right? Like <laughs> like what is a Craig, Craig Reynolds, right? So you get like all these situations where it gets interesting. I mean, like so here's here's a good one from today. Duke Johnson's back in the league, boys, and he rushed twenty three <laughs> times for one hundred and seven yards and two scores, and he had a twenty yard catch. So like you know so. You know, like what team though? On the pins, on the on the Dolphins. The Dolphins. They just yeah, basically yeah. got like an arbitrage Patrick Laird from from free agency. And um, uh, and um, the funny thing is, in in DFS, uh, Gaskin was uh, was yeah. one of the chalkiest running Chalk- backs. He was, he was chalk today, he was, right? Yeah. He was Connor, like what was ownership? It was about twenty percent. Uh, that depends on the different contests, oh, but it was about twenty percent. Um, <laughs> and Miles Gaskin. I don't. I was like, <laughs> and okay. So, so, so I wanted to get your thoughts on this, right? And I want to get your take. So, one, did you catch that news about Ga- both Gaskin and um, uh, Salman Ahmed? Ahmed. I, d- I didn't, so I missed that. But I wanted to get your thoughts there on 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 Duke J and has he like really carved himself out a role going forward? Um, I mean, th- these things are important. It's it it like we just said we just said how difficult it is, and yep. I think there's probably two factors uh, that are kind of opposing. One, he played really well, and uh, and we and we know that when guys play really well, like the coach said, okay, that player played really well. Like, let's get him on the field. And uh, the other part of it is that um, the t- two other running backs were just coming off the COVID list. Uh, and so that can that can I think there was there were comments that their conditioning wasn't quite uh, where where it should be to, to play a full NFL game, and so that's why they uh, that's why they duke more. Um, so he's definitely going to play, I would think. Uh, but I, I I in terms of like that 
in that high of usage, uh, and given the game was today, all these other games are in a week, uh, I, I would be quite surprised uh, if that kind of split carried forward. Yeah, I think, I mean, after as good as he looked with the two touchdowns and the even the 20-yard catch, I think he'll definitely still be a factor, but I right. mean, it's hard for me to believe that he's going to have a better game than this. Right, and they're playing the Jets. Yeah, right. And the Dolphins and I mean, are going to know they were seen, playing the Jets. Yeah. yeah. We've even seen, uh, like, after Gaskin has a really good game, the next week the Dolphins will use someone else a little bit more. So, right. I mean, there's stuff going on maybe that we don't totally have access to, but um, the uh, right. the the Dolphins are kind of there's there's almost a pattern here. <laughs> yeah, we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Um, the other guy, this is going to be crazy because we were all on him. But, you know, so Tony Pollard has been diagnosed with plantar fasciitis. And uh, he took a week off. And despite that, he came back today. He had 12 carries, 74 yards for zero scores. He also had three catches. Uh, got all three of his thir- uh, uh, targets for uh, 13 yards. Um, Connor, I wanted to get your thoughts here on on on, on Bollard. Uh, I, I mean, you're not you're not really going to be clicking him into your starting lineup, right? Like, does the, does the plantar fasciitis have you completely off him for the rest of the season? Um, I mean, uh, in terms of like season long stuff, anything, anything uh, <laughs> for season long stuff. Uh, I mean, the way I've drafted my teams. Uh, like if he's playing, he's probably one of the better options that I have. Uh, Fair. Not a, not every team, yeah. but in terms of like RB two, he's one of the stronger. He's still one of the stronger options. Like he's like he's obviously still explosive. Like the foot injury is concerning, but he was still explosive. Uh, he's still getting a decent touch share. Uh, it doesn't seem like Zeke can like is really capable of just taking the full load anymore. So there is 
that I think that adds a floor to Pollard now. Uh, and um, and something like um, I don't know, like DFS. Uh, it does. It, it, it probably co- it probably just comes down to price and ownership there, because mm-hmm. um, like you, you you do have that floor there, um, but the foot injury scares you of the ceiling, obviously, because if something were to happen to Zeke, you would be concerned. Hey, can this guy really uh, get twenty carries or whatever? Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Sean and Curtis and Dave and I all drafted a main event team that, uh, despite being like one of the worst teams we drafted, had the best record in its league. So it's uh-huh. in the the kind of championship round. And we were deciding, trying to decide today whether we were going to start Pollard or MVS. And we probably made the wrong decision by starting Pollard. But, um, I mean, still, you know, for all the reasons you mentioned, I think it's... Uh, it's a decision that, you know, the process makes sense there. So, uh, I mean, especially with with Zeke looking like he's, I don't know, not a hundred percent or not. Right, ever you've got going a floor hundred percent of what he was. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, but I mean, but, but I mean, like we know Pollard has plantar fasciitis, and he's more explosive than Zeke, who practiced in full <laughs> all week, and has been saying he's fully ready to go. Yeah. Right. Like what? Like what? Like how is the guy with plantar fasciitis more explosive and a better running back than the other guy who is? I mean, if you go back to like early June Twitter and like just search for Ezekiel Elliott, like people were passing around like pictures of like Zeke working out, like he was, you know, like DK Metcalf right. or something. Like I, right. I, I remember, I, I remember that three week period and just thinking, oh man, look at these marks! Like look at these like like absolute <laughs> marks! Like just like, like anyone who's posting that favorably about like Zeke back then, there's a very real possibility they're losing money today. <laughs> like, yeah, like the way they were talking about this guy, man, they, people were saying he's like a one or two, one or three, one or one. Well, that's where he was going. It just going consistently at that point. I'm just amazing, man. I mean, uh, the thing argue- is that. Go ahead. The argument was that, like, hey, this is an extremely explosive offense. He's going to get the goal line roll. He's going to get a bunch of targets. And he doesn't have to be a Greek Adonis to score a <laughs> lot of points in that in that spot. And it's it, it's one of those things where it's funny. They, they were right. They were right. But uh, in, in, in the ways that they couldn't predict that they were wrong, like, hey, he's, he's like, I, I, I'm not quite sure how old he is, but he's an older running back. He's on the second year of a second contract. And so you're, you're at a huge risk, massive risk, that even if it's not a, 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 a season-ending injury, that something like this, when he's already slowed down a bit, this thing is going to even push him down even more, the, the, the bone bruise. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, I wonder uh, if like a bone bruise to 23 year old Ezekiel Elliott, if we'd even be hearing about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. Uh, before uh, he, you came on Connor and I were talking about how um, a lot of these early running backs have really sunk a lot of teams. And I mean, Zeke is a great example, but also CMC, you have Camara being injured a lot of the year. Saquon. Um, Saquon. Derek Henry, Derek unfortunately, Henry, right? Even Cook is hurt. Often yeah, um, right. And we we've been talking about Joan Mixon before, 
Mm-hmm. Where yeah. Joe Mixon is someone who's who's actually had a great regular season, fantastic regular season, and he's brought teams into the playoffs. And now he now that you're in the playoffs, it just took the one like the one yeah. game where all the warts came out, and you're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you were counting on Joe Mixon here, you're in really <laughs> deep trouble. And that, and and that's where guys like Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon, just unsexy guys, right? Who were going so so late. Like it just makes sense to like just have these dudes in your lineup. It's I'm sorry, it, it feels so gross to click. But it's like, well, I mean, ADP takes that into account. The reason a, like Leonard Fournette was so expensive is because he plays in an explosive offense. The reason Melvin Gordon's so gross is because he plays in a bad offense. But like, and give a, yeah, give them enough volume, they all make you know they all make uh, uh they all get there right. Like at the end of the day, right. And it's it's some I think it's something that's interesting. Yeah. In terms of like perception, because I remember uh, Leonard Fournette slid, and and some of the issues were that people were worried that he gets squeezed out, and James Connor, uh, or, or sorry, James Connor is probably the best example. People were worried. Mm-hmm. Oh God! Uh, about J- John, James, not John Connor, James Connor's age, and uh, they were they were saying, oh, he's he, he's this old, the other guy's younger, more explosive, and. Uh, but they 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 had a problem there in the tenth round, but there was no problem with the first round guys. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's like, where do you where, where how, how do you decide that this is this is important for this guy, and it's not important for the uh, the other guy? Yeah. And I I mean I'm not gonna lie, there were times where like I I was staring at James Conner on the clock. I I, I was overweight James Conner, but there was times. Where I'm staring mm-hmm. at him on the clock, and he's like, he's old. Like, yeah. what if? Blah blah blah. Chase Edmonds is more explosive, man. We've all been there, dude. Like, and I think, right. I think the, the biggest thing with Edmonds is, as much as I love him, uh, he is I've got a very, like, unfortunately, has a very slight build, and and there's a reason, and he's also kind of. Um, this is going to sound blasphemous. Not as good of a pass catcher as James Conner, in my opinion, right? Like. Like I think, like like James Conner is, and even from college has that ability to be this kind of like pass catcher a little bit. Chase Edmonds kind of never really was that guy, right? Like he like he doesn't get like he's got that. The, it's similar to Rojo, where you think they should get more targets, they don't, and yep. and it's uh, and because we think he's explosive, um, you know that's where that's where we're kind of really kind of losing out i mean like sean was on sean was on on connor that's who got me on him right, right? like mm-hmm. um, he was on the list yeah mm-hmm. he was on the zero rb list i'm wondering if like uh do you guys think that 2022 adp will look a lot different because of the season we've had with these early running back collapses or or not um so I, we can't expect these many high ADP running backs to get hurt like every single year. I think yeah. I think the I think that the I think the number of running backs drafted would look the same. I just think the names are going to be different. What, what do you think, Connor? So I think that one thing that uh, will, will uh, um, uh, I guess push or not cushion will will keep them pushed up is that if you if you look if you look at some of the the advance rates and the league winning rates and stuff like that. Uh, and the statistics like that people are posting, hey, two running back uh, did really well this year, and uh, because the, if you got the two, if you got the two guys right, 
you're crushing him. Uh, and, and part of that is that, hey, there was a lot of them injured. And the receivers that we, uh, that we, or I was drafting up there, like the likes of Devante Adams, Stefan Diggs, Tyreek Hill, uh, they, 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 they had, they're, they're having good seasons, but they're not, uh, they're not crushing it. Uh, and, and so I think that right now, or up, up, on, up until this week, people have been looking at these statistics. And, and my guess would have been, um, uh, that running backs next year would be running back heavier. Um, but I think that each, each of these, each of these new weeks is like a new, like it, it, it become because it's, they're all elimination weeks. They're almost going to get equal weight and yeah. in our collective consciousness. And I, I think that um, this week was like a turning of the tide almost because if, 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 if if I look at uh, if I look at my teams, w- one of the reasons um, I uh, I had a had a, a not great advance rate is because I did a lot of zero RB uh, and and particularly on underdog uh, that that didn't work out good. And um, but um, this week is looking a lot stronger for uh, uh, zero RB I think than uh, than the the quote unquote regular season. So m- maybe maybe if we get a couple more weeks like that. Uh, the 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 opinions will change. Um, yeah, I mean, like Jeff Wilson was like one of an RB one this week, right? Like, I mean, we still and and to caveat that a little bit, we're still waiting on the results of uh, four game uh, four games this weekend: uh, Vegas, Cleveland, um, uh, Vikings, Bears, uh, Washington, Philadelphia. And, and Seattle Rams, right? But, I mean, just if you go back to, like, even thinking about some of these teams, I think the only team, well, so Cleveland had a first-round running back drafted in Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. If you were taking Josh Jacobs, his ADP was going the wrong way, and people were scooping up, calling him a value. Well, there's a reason why he's not going as early as he used to. Um, Dalvin is another guy who's probably a league winner. David Montgomery is a guy who I was dead sure I was wrong on. And, and I, I was, I was ready to be fully put in a coffin by him until he got hurt, which is unfortunate. Washington, Antonio Gibson never really threatened to be the guy who we all thought he was going to be. Uh, Miles Sanders has just, you know, time and time again, has shown that he's not worth his like two, three turn ADP. Um, Seattle. Kamara's playing tonight too. Yeah. 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 Kamara's playing tonight as well. Uh, Seattle, I saw people were like talking about being 50% on Chris Carson. Like, man, there's like, that's like a cry for help at that point. Like if, you, if you're <laughs> 50% Chris Carson in the fourth round, man, like, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Um, and Miles Sanders, again, like, like I was mentioning, uh, you know, I mean, sorry, for, for the Rams, uh, it's unfortunate what happened to Akers. Um, but people didn't adjust quick enough to Henderson, but they also, you know, also chasing Henderson into the fourth round was a bad idea. So I don't know. Like there's yeah. a lot of guys here. Like it, it depends on, it depends on when you draft it. I've got, I've got a lot of teams where Henderson is my RB3 or RB4. Like I got like Camara and then I got like Hubbard and like Henderson, like type of guys. I wonder if Henderson's even been good enough if you got him in the eleventh round to really make that much of a difference for your team. In the in, in these weeks, I don't know, but in the early yeah. goings, yeah, he was man. He was like that, all that. So like he was good. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, the thing with Henderson is if you look at his points total, mm-hmm. uh, it's not that high. And uh, but if you look at the distribution, like, uh, he, I think I th- I think I believe he's before this week he'd only scored like twenty more points than AJ Dillon. Uh, mm-hmm. But he had he had weeks of like twenty points, fifteen points, yeah. twenty five points, and so and so forth. Uh, yeah. Whereas and th- those are all going to count strongly. Uh, right. Whereas um. AJ Dillon, he's, he's building up a lot of five to 10, 15, if you're lucky, weeks to get there. Yeah. Uh, right. That was another guy who people were very wrong on until like early August with, with Aaron Jones. But like, to that point, though, fantasy analysts have been wrong on Aaron Jones for like years. Like, I, like, I, like, I don't know if you guys remember this, but I remember very big name accounts saying the Packers are going to let Aaron Jones walk. He's not worth it. It depresses ADP. He was a smash of the ADP. Then they're like, oh, they're going to trade him. His ADP flattened. He was a smash of the ADP again. Like, it's just like one of those, like, this was the year for the first time, I think, because a friend of the show, Jack Miller, was pumping him really hard at established that run and ETR, but like really jacked him up in their rankings. And I think if it wasn't for them, you'd still be like getting like Aaron Jones at like the 205 to 208 range. And it's like such a smash click at that point. Like, it's just... Like for all the people that like that like fantasy analysts tend to hype and fantasy community hypes, like um, it wasn't until this year that Aaron Jones got his respect. So obviously this was the year he was going to miss time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jones was such a hard name to click, even at two hundred five. I thought two hundred eight or something like that, just because you have the threat of Dylan, who I think probably we at Rotoviz were a little bit, a little bit over enthusiastic about. But I mean, he's looked good too, so I'm not, I don't regret it. <laughs> right, we'll do it again for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to get your thoughts here on a little bit on James Robinson because uh, you know he had eighteen he had eighteen rushes for seventy five yards and a score. He also had uh, you know six targets. So he got three of those for thirteen yards. Um, is this it? Is it J Rob season? Um, <laughs> more so than before. Uh, I think one one thing one point in his favor, uh, Carlos Hyde didn't play. Uh, I think as I I think as well that uh, he probably he, he there's probably going to be less weird stuff than before, like these weird periods of like where the, Trevor Lawrence is saying, "Why isn't my best running back on the field?" Like there's probably going to be less of that. Um, I think though too, it's still the Jaguars. Um, unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, unfortunately, they they had the one on one pick for a reason. They've had all these injuries to their skill position players, um, so it, he's probably not going to get the best of uh, game scripts. All in all, um, I think we we still have to see uh, how much Carlos Hyde will mix back in. Uh, and I don't think I don't think that part of it is going to change too much, uh, because you had you had you had these clips where uh, Urban Meyer was like, "Oh, hey, uh, this guy hasn't been playing as much," and he's like, and and he he he'd, he'd say, "Oh, they have been," and then you see they literally played zero snaps, like he he was yeah. com- <clears throat> he was completely aloof as to who who what, what the rotations were, so uh, there was obviously the the remain the existing staff obviously had a big influence on the rotations. And so you're probably going to see uh, still some rotation. 
Um, but definitely, definitely better than before. Uh, I think it's important as well that he's a good player. Like a second year talented player, that matters a lot. And that's always the thing. That's, that's always the thing that we're focusing on, right? Are they, are they good? Uh, and James yeah. Robinson is is good. Uh, he's he's probably got a much safer uh, uh, touch floor now. He's probably got a better upside floor. Um, but today, I think t- today was the perfect situation for him. And they're playing the Texans, and Carlos Hyde was out. Yeah. You can tell maybe that my teams are all out of it because I'm already thinking about next year, but what would you guys think is like the earliest you would feel comfortable drafting ETN next year? ETN. Of all names, dude. All right, so I had like before training camp, I was at 30% ETN with like a fifth, sixth round like average cost. Mm, so of all nice. the names you had to pick, man, <laughs> of all the names, just a dagger, just yeah, just just like just like why didn't you come over here and stab me? Well, like I mean, can you go into next year assuming assuming that there's news that ETN is recovering well from his injury? Right. Can you can you go in even knowing that James Robinson is good and still take him? Nah. You know, even in the top seven, eight rounds, I would take him fifth. But man, it's Robinson. Uh, no, um, Etn. Yeah. I, I would okay, probably yeah. mix. I would probably mix both of them. They, I respect them to go back to back. I just think that there's going to be a lot of residual enthusiasm on the Jags, man. Like, what do you think, yeah. Connor? Like, do, do you think people are going to be overdrafting Jaguar skill players just because Urban Meyer's not there? Overdrafting. Mm-hmm. Um. Maybe, but I don't think so. Um, yeah, I mean, what's the earliest you would feel comfortable taking Chenault, someone we love? Uh, I mean, for, for me, uh, Chenault is probably is probably one where um, because be, I guess because because of the different situations that he's been in, where they they. they He's he's gone from a guy where he's uh, he's getting a lot of short targets, and that's supposed to be a skill set, mm-hmm. and he hasn't been able. I mean, honestly, he hasn't been able to be efficient with that. Like maybe yeah. maybe some of that yeah. is, is is game plan or whatever. But you, you you need when you're getting these short passes, you need a near 100 percent catch rate. Yep. You need yeah. to be getting a lot of yards after catch. You you need yep. to be some version of Debo Samuel's basically. Yeah. And it, it hasn't been there. Uh, right. Like right. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to believe that. Um, it, it, it could be. I'm ready. To, I'm, I'm ready to believe that. Hey, there's some sort of coaching thing or something like that. But I need to. I, I, I'd be extremely price conscious. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Probably yeah. like eleven or twelve or, or like. That, that might later, even, be, even a great. That should be later. I'm thinking I'm thinking like Jalen Rager from this season type of pricing, right? It's like 14, 15. Yeah, see, I was thinking if, if Chenault were in the 15th round, I'd probably have close to 100%. So maybe uh, I'm a little too bullish, but... Um, a little too bullish. 11th or 12th makes sense to me. 11th or 12th is where I'd probably be out, man. That's probably where I'm going to be out. Interesting, interesting. Like, 
like I would like so I'm I am actually interested in him in like the 13th or later like and even then 13th would be a bit dicey um because there's a bunch of guys who go around that range who you really really want I think um I would I actually think someone and I'm hoping that his really bad late season soon continues is Rashad Bateman who I think will be going around there um like mm-hmm. 11 12 who I'd really much rather have um shocked if Bateman is going there I think he will be. I think he will be. The the the, he's the, the narrative, player. Like, yeah, people are going to talk to themselves. He's, like he's had having huge games. Oh, but he's having a really bad back half of the season. He's disappeared yeah. entirely. The team is going to get back J.K. Dobbins. They're going to get a healthier defense. There's going to be less pass volume against them. Lamar's going to be back to running. They're going to go back to this run-heavy offense. Lamar, like, I'm telling you right now, um, Rashad Bateman is going to be going in the, at like in like the 11 12 that that is where his adp is going to settle because he is that kind of player who people are never going to chase into this into the single digit rounds even though they should be and that's where we're going to bounce yeah i mean today he had two targets only yeah. only uh five yards right so i mean like you said these playoff weeks are uh are gonna stick in your brain so i mean right unless he has a big week next week or the week after i think uh no, we need him. We need him to do nothing. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> how much of that of him doing nothing would you take as like a signal to stay away versus a signal that his ADP is too low? Absolutely none, because <laughs> because 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 people weren't on him last week against the Browns, where he did nothing, and we just saw Sammy Watkins just dropping balls left, right, and center, and Devin Duvernay dropping balls left, right, and center, and then like yeah. in like the fourth quarter, they were like, "All right, going to give the ball to Bateman." And he went, you know, seven hundred and three and no scores, and no one's gonna remember that. No one's gonna remember that stuff because, and even today, like, like, like Huntley badly overthrew him on like two or three different deep balls, and it could have been a very different like scoreline today. Like, we need this to continue. Yeah, this is a good point by historical anomalies. So, um, I mean, you know, we've talked about the Jaguars a lot, but it's always fun to discuss Lawrence and what really is going on here, but. I mean, how confident are you even that he does progress and that he's not the quarterback we've actually seen this year? Um, that's a really difficult call. Um, mm-hmm. I think that you have to assume some progression, right? Um, but you don't want to be you, – you, you, still, you still want it to be a, a situation where if – if the upside case happens, that is still a nice payoff. Like you, you don't, yeah. you don't, you don't want to be chasing this into like a hey, we believe it. He he, he just developed so much. He's still the one out one. You you, you you don't want to, you, you don't want any of that priced in, and uh, because we've we've got we've got a year of them. Like so, you 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 need the. You need you need the upside uh, embedded in 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 the price, or so you, you need to have the upside from a low price, I should say. <laughs> yeah, but like I think the issue is that the fantasy community does tend to talk themselves into the upside case. It's kind of the median, like there's a as the base case. Uh, you we've seen that happen a lot with the Browns, um, and the Jags are going to be once again that trendy team. And you can see, I can see Lawrence right now in my head going in like the tenth round, and I'm out of that price. Uh, Lawrence has not looked good, man. Like I, I'll be very, very frank, he has not looked good. 
and I'm not willing to give him any excuses. Um, <laughs> he is, he is, uh, he's bad, man. Like, like it's, it's, and you can give him a wash or whatever for this year, but if he's going in like the 10th or 11th, like I'm way out of that price. Like I would much rather have like someone like just whoever else would be going around in that range. I, I have no interest in Trevor Lawrence there. Yeah, it's obviously not impossible for guys to have poor rookie seasons and still be fine NFL quarterbacks. Like, I mean, you know, Peyton Manning's the most famous example, but Matt Ryan also was pretty, pretty bad as a rookie. I'm trying to think. There are some other guys, but I mean, obviously, there are also a lot of guys who were bad as rookies bad? and then and then are just bad. You know, he's right. just bad, man. He's just Christian bad. Ponder was bad as a rookie too. Ben Gabbard was bad. Like, like, like a lot of people <laughs> are saying Zach Wilson is bad, right? Zach Wilson beat the same Texans team that like that completely demolished the Jacks. Like, mm, yeah, and they lost at home. Like the Jets won at Houston, I think, right? Like, like, and 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 don't take this as like, oh, I think Zach Wilson. You know, like 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 Pat Corrine has made this point in on on, on NBC Sports Edge where the and on a ship chasing that Trevor Lawrence is his you know mildly better than Wilson a handful of things he's like in line with like Josh Rosen who instantly lost his job the next year right like and some of this is on Lawrence right yeah. like, I mean at like, the same time if Urban Meyer is as bad as it sounds like he is uh, then you know. A small part of me wants to just kind of throw this season out for the Jaguars. Um, how much should I listen to that part? Uh, no, right. you shouldn't because because what, I mean like I mean like because like he's got one game of over like well two games of over three hundred yards passing. Actually, he threw for three hundred and thirty-two yards, and his, his debut was awesome. Three hundred and thirty-two yards, three scores, also threw three ends. That's fine, right? Um, and it's only been downhill since, man. Like he has looked like a <laughs> shell of himself, and like they're lo- like they they're just losing to you know you expected a little bit more competitive of a game. We didn't get that, right? And it, I think I think the Jags are going to be a team that drafts an early receiver next year. Um, but I'd be very hesitant to like start giving these guys some kind of like a, like a bump to a best case scenario because you don't want to do that. Cause that just really, like as Connor was saying, caps your upside. Like if you like, it's like uh think about chasing Baker Mayfield, like Baker Mayfield's uh, sophomore season. And, you know, people were out there like doubting the Browns over the team total, like season long. And like the Browns got completely destroyed. <laughs> right. Yeah, Baker was good as a rookie, though. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, he had one of the best rookie seasons ever, man. I think that one one one, uh, one argument you could make in uh, uh, in in Lawrence's favor is that the remaining skill position players are not are not good. Yeah. Like, and uh, oh, yeah. Shark has gotten injured. Um, like the a bun- like they they had they had Agnew who was doing well. He's hurt now. Like, it's even that is telling you something that Agnew is one of their best skill position right. players, right? He's, right, he's a, he's a kickoff returner, and I mean they were doing they were able to get they were able to get mm-hmm. good production out of a, a kick returner. Uh, yeah, but you uh, like you do have to uh, you do you do have to take the evidence 
like it's yeah. not like the, it's not like the season didn't happen. Uh, you have you still have to like hey he did these things, uh, and I think you may, may, maybe when the season's over you, you can kind of come to some t- some there's some kind of like way that, that you can make excuses for him or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think I think I think I think it is going to be a thing where price dictates it. Sure, for sure. I I, I have a name for you. Kyle Pitts, right? He caught four of his seven targets for 77 yards today. Where are you taking him next year? And who will you be taking ahead of him? Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. No, is it it one and a half premium? Is it Uh, No, no, no. Just think think, think, uh, PPR, redraft, best ball. Um. It's, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a tough question. So just to give you like context, he was around the four or five turn this year. Uh, right. If you, if, you, if you want to be fair, like call them like, you know, halfway through the fourth, right? So would you be taking earlier than halfway through the fourth or around where he was? Um, like, where would you be taking him? Um, I'd be comfortable doing four or five. Uh, honestly, just because uh, it's, it, 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 that's something where like you have so much strong evidence that, Hey, if mm-hmm. somebody does anything in year one, uh, yeah. you, you get that bump up. You, you can put in his uh, his prospect stuff. Yeah. Like in the third round, that feels very aggressive. Like versus who you could take there, where you yeah. don't have to project stuff. Um, but four or five, I'd be comfortable. Six, I'd be getting very happy. Uh, I'll give you the. I'll, I'll give you what I think is the actual one for one te. Uh, pick going back to back uh, next in, in 2022. Uh, so Kyle Pitts or TJ Hawkinson? I think those two guys are going to go in the same round within like three picks of each other. Regard like like and that, and that, and that's and that's platform agnostic. I think it's going to be every like all platforms. No, I can see that for sure. I mean, I think man, I was so in on Hawkinson this year. Um, and I still like him. I th- still think he's a good player. That's tough. I'd probably lean Pitts. I mean, fourth was also what came into my mind when you asked that question. But I also might be anchoring to his ADP this year a little bit. Um, I, that's exactly what I did in my in my head. Now that I think about yeah. like oh four or five, yeah, same. Like, <laughs> right. Right. But I mean, at the same time, when you think about who you would definitely take ahead of him, like, you know, there are maybe three or four guys, right? Like, definitely, I definitely take him ahead of somebody like Fant or like a, a, any anybody any anybody who's in that kind of mid tier. Um, what about uh, someone like? I know this is a, a topic thing. What about someone like Hunter Henry? Because like he's someone who's who's absolutely doing great. Yeah. Uh, he's only had like two of these games. He's but he's been like a very unusable guy. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I probably at cost prefer John U. Smith. I'll be honest. Interesting. Yeah, I mean Henry. Well, right, he had two touchdowns this week. He's right. He's, He's getting the uh, red zone work. 
Um, he's not somebody that I've ever really been on. I always think he seems a little bit overpriced. And my guess is I probably will again next year, <laughs> no matter where he's going. But uh, I don't think, I mean, I wouldn't take him ahead of Pitts. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. No, no, no. You, you, no, you can't at all. Right. Um, I think, I think, I think uh, I had it pulled up here. So there's like a class of tight end that like just sort of winds up in this in the weirdo single digit to early double digit rounds. That's just a bunch of grenades, right? So this right. year, that, those that's grenades, why I picked them. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so this year, the biggest grenade people just sort of fell on uh, was Robert Tunyon. Man, like, mm-hmm. like, like it's a shame that he tore his ACL. But even before he did that, he was doing nothing for your roster, right? People instantly fell on this grenade and just sort of fragged themselves. And that's like a process error, right? Uh, the other one was Tyler Higby, where people were just sort of running him back and not even thinking, okay, it's a new, you know, Cooper Cup seems to be getting back up to speed. Just not even thinking. Like, they just auto, like, people were rushing to auto-click this guy and just sort of get nuked, right? And they were really excited about that. Um, Rob maybe. No, Dallas Goddard's been good, right? But he wasn't mm-hmm. until they moved first. Fant's another one. But, I mean, you, I mean, in hindsight, Fant did everything. You kind of, like, was kind of like Kyle Pitts. But he did well enough to where you would be comfortable with him where he went. Um, he just It's just a shame that offense is kind of broken with a quarterback. Logan Thomas is another guy who just unfortunately couldn't stay healthy. But I don't know if I would be clicking him where he was in the seventh. Where, without looking, where would you guess Pitts is ranked in overall tight ends this year? Tight end three. Tight end four. He's behind uh, Kelsey oh, Andrews and Kittle. I mean, I Kittle, would, yeah. basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, I forgot, I forgot Kittle had the big weeks. All in the last few weeks. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean. Kittle's win rates are going to look terrible, dude. Yeah, right. It's easy no, to no, forget no. that it's you right. don't. I mean, it's just easy to forget that you don't need, like, <laughs> you know, after the top three tight ends, like, Pitts has 137 points on the season. He's tight end yeah. four. You don't need really a good season to be a low end tight end one. So, yeah. Um, and, this is, and this is where the differences between best ball and redraft are interesting. So, with best ball, you just need the points. Mm. You can't counterpunch these zeros. There's a guy who is going to be finishing fourth or whatever in one of my best ball playoff leagues because he's going to be taking zero at the quarterback position despite drafting three of them. His quarterbacks are Lamar, Lamar Jackson, uh, Sam Darnold, and um, there's another guy who went in IR, Jameis Winston. That's a bad beat. I mean, that's, just how, I mean, that's just how it goes. Right? I mean, the rest of his team is pretty good, uh, unfortunately. Right? He had Mark Andrews and he had Marquise Brown. You know, and then like he doesn't, he's going to take a zero at the quarterback position. You're instantly down 18 to 20 points. How are you going to get out? Like, you're just not going to get out. And like, um, I would encourage people to take a look at where, like, where these points are coming from because, uh, and I, I share this in the road of this, like with you guys, Connor and, and Blair, is I had a team that advanced to the playoff rounds and my top two running backs were Michael Carter on IR and Christian McCaffrey on IR. Hmm. And Ronald Jones is another one. He's not cracking my starting lineup in <laughs> the running back. He's not even getting any points. I'm getting zeros from Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Right? Like, it's just it, – it, and then that team is – and, uh, you know, if, if anyone's shocked at this, it's uh, being eliminated as we speak, right? Like, it's not – It's uh, you, you know, you'd expect that with zeros coming. 
I think I was sorting my tight end rankings wrong, actually. Pitts is not the tight end four or tight end three. Uh, oh. He's like the tight end one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Is that is that total points or is that points per oh, game? Total fantasy points. Oh, wow. Also, Hawkinson is above him. Hunter Henry, Dawson Knox, Dalton Schultz, Mike Kosicki. Can this be right? Sir, I mean, Knox has eight touchdowns on the season. Yeah, Knox. Hunter Henry has nine. So, I mean, these guys are getting it done on touchdowns. Kosicki hasn't been terrible. Like, he's, he doesn't have as many touchdowns, but he's, uh, Kosicki was Yeah. The, the, the second, this, I mean, like when, when Parker was gone and they'd lost Fuller, like that was it. Like it was wheels up for Gesicki at the, at like pretty much by, by week two. Right. Yeah. The thing is that Pitts, he's third in total yards, but he's only scored one touchdown this season. Yeah. So I think you still, even though he's kind of lower in the rankings, you still probably have a good reason to take him higher. Take him above all these guys. Yeah. For sure. Anyway. And uh, I think someone like Dawson Knox, he's probably the the the, the uh, prototype uh, tight end who's going to be overdrafted, right? Yeah, yeah. he's going to be the Dunyan, right? He's got to be the Dunyan <laughs> next year. Like he does, if you look at his stats, he does have a good uh, red zone target share. Uh, and he plays for the Bills. Uh, but he's like just a, the, the, the perfect mix of factors that uh, that get a, a tight end overdrafted like yeah. he's caught lighting lightning in a bottle this year and, and people yeah. just like oh yeah that's that's what we'll do this year it was like uh hey two years ago or tanyan last year right like these guys all like they catch like a bunch of tds i guess that td fueled yeah i like that call by the way that's a good that's a really good call I mean, all yeah. those all those TDs need to do is go like the other way, right? Like Diggs, maybe Cole Beasley, mm-hmm. Sanders, Gabe Davis, like literally any right. of the plethora of wide receivers they got, right? Like, mm-hmm. like yeah, that's interesting because we we've talked in previous episodes about how Diggs is kind of being having a disappointing season, especially from an efficiency standpoint. But yeah. you know, a couple of those Knox touchdowns go his way instead, and everything looks completely different. I think I remember um, when they were playing the uh, the Patriots, either the Patriots or the Buccaneers. I think it was the Patriots that the broadcast said that um, um, Josh Allen said told them, "Hey, I actually I haven't been targeting uh, Diggs enough, but he's clearly my best player. I got to throw it to him more." <laughs> I never felt like so frustrated. Like, yeah, you, you should have. It's <laughs> funny. Um, how, how what do you guys think of the, the of the likes of um Diggs, Tyreek, Devante? Um, do do you, do you guys think that um do you guys think that those the the, the likes of those guys will fall or uh if if there if there is there some fundamental shift happening in the NFL where somebody like that uh. Or, or what we imagine them to be, these 30% share guys. Does that not exist anymore? Or is, is this just one of those weird one-season things and then the trend reverses the next year? Uh, I mean, we see um, we see kind of Cooper Cup putting up the sort of season we hope to get from someone like Hill or Adams. Um, so, you know, 
those guys still exist. It's just not necessarily who we thought. But I mean, I, am, I, think, I mean, it's hard to believe that Hill and Adams wouldn't still be first round picks next year. Yeah, I mean, it's just like the Diggs was a second rounder. It's just it's just hard because Diggs. I think Diggs is gonna slide, but. It gets, like you were saying, it gets difficult. Like, who do you put up there? I think Justin Jefferson is going to go up at, like, the wide receiver three. Um, yeah. But, like, I mean, a lot of what makes these, like, elite 30% target share seasons is um, part of it's a little bit of just injury, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, like it, it's just, so, like, with Diggs, had, like, Cole Beasley gotten hurt. Diggs Smokey Brown. Crushed. Yeah. Smokey um, Brown last year. Smokey Brown, yeah. yeah. Um, like people were down on Nuke, and this year he gets hurt, and then it's like his his auxiliary guys are like completely Kirk, and everyone's going off. Uh, like you know, AJ Brown should have smashed the poor guy who's been playing through injury, and that's and that that but you know sinks that it sinks the entire team, right? Um, Justin Jefferson, the team woke up a little, a little bit, like you know, Allen and Diggs, like they woke up a little bit too late, and then Thielen got hurt, and and, and Justin Jefferson went ahead and committed like I don't know, like assault on the Steelers secondary just in front of everyone's <laughs> eyes right um and Only you know Cousins convert- could have helped him yeah I know um uh, conversely conversely why like why were people taking Allen Robinson as wide receiver 10 you know like like he was so, just off my board like I like I just had no interest in him in him there I can see the arguments for why you do it but I think I think that that's one where we were just completely wrong about the volume mm-hmm. uh, and and what he would be able to do with it. I think yeah. uh, on a on a kind of overall thing, the fact that uh, it kind of sounds like overall we've kind of we've I don't want to say wrong, but what we expected in terms of target shares and things of things like of, of basically volume and volume opportunity shares hasn't worked out. Uh, the way we expected and and to a bigger degree than normal mm-hmm. uh, do you guys would would that make you guys more likely to take a chance at maybe a t- at a, 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 a running back next yeah. year in the first and then and then hammer receiver or is it just still the case of like hey we don't know so let's just get the volume while we can and, and structure through that yeah, I, I think the latter for me, man. Like I've been, I've been like very. Uh, the one of the things I tried doing a lot this year was thinking about how to di- like not just differentiate your lineup for the sake of differentiation, but the profile of the guy that I'm clicking, uh, choosing to be underweight and select players versus overweight um, at ADP. And in, I mean, and in a lot of cases, you just have to take who comes to you, right? Like at the one on one, I was taking CMC because how often am I getting the one on one? If my if my somehow my frequency of luck for getting the one on one increases, then yeah, I'm going to be naturally diversifying because you don't want to be too overboard on any one guy at the top that can completely sink your lineup. Because um, it, it, it gets interesting. It just it just where you see that like really shallow standard deviation uh, in the early picks is, is where I think it gets a little bit bad towards the end, like the b- bottom half of the first is where it gets interesting because people really do tend to mix and match. You can go. You could do something like Saquon entering your Gibson from the from the nine hole, or you could also do something like Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler from the nine hole. It all just depends on who your draft gives you and the kind of profile you're taking. But when you're taking guys like that, like I'm just at that point that I'm hammering receiver, hammering tight end, hammering quarterback. Right. I'm not taking another running back until like 
13th, 14th, like really late. Yeah, yeah, I pretty much agree with that. I think it would be, well, it'll definitely be interesting to dig into like the win rates after this year and and see how how it's changed things. I mean, we've had years like this in the past. I remember a couple of years ago, everyone was talking about how spread out offenses right. are getting and it means there's less, you know, we're not going to have the same wide receiver ones we've had. Um, you know, and you still hand in Antonio Brown every year and it didn't really change the way I was drafting, even all those talking points, even when it was coming from people whose opinion I actually like respect, like Ben Gretsch was writing articles about that. And yeah. I was like, Oh yeah, Ben is probably right, but I'm not going to stop drafting wide receivers. Um, <laughs> so I don't think I'm going to in 2022 either. <laughs> um, do you think that uh, some of it is that, there's all like there's always going to be guys uh, or wide receivers who, regardless of what the original intent of the offense was, they're just that good that they just command, they just command the thirty percent or the, the and, and, yeah. and we're we're just going to try and get those guys as many uh, as often as we can. Jamar Chase probably next year. I think the team's going on that board walk. That's interesting. Um... People were right. I mean, the thesis behind Higgins was right. He just got hurt. Like, now it's just, yeah. like, coming to fruition, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I mean, the, the kind of our thesis with drafting Higgins and drafting Chase and even Boyd is that this offense will be so explosive that it won't even matter, like, that there's three right. guys. And that hasn't exactly worked out. But I think uh, with the rookie season Chase has had so far, I mean – I don't know. Where do you guys expect him to go next year? Connor, Connor, you had some really good thoughts on this and I wrote of his Slack. Uh, share them with the listeners, please. By uh, Mixon and everything else, uh, skewing back to the run heavy. Um. So, I... I uh, okay. Um, so, though I'm... I, I guess with the Bengals in particular, I'm extremely frustrated uh, because they... Uh, we, we had thought that they... Uh, they were just going to pass. We thought they were going to throw a lot, uh, but they've come out with these comments now that, uh, hey, we actually we want to establish the run. And I think that one of the issues, or one of the issues that they're having as a football team, is that uh, Joe Joe Burrow stylistically as a passer, when he drops back, he t- he ha- he ha- he has a really uh, he has a really long a dot. Uh, which is, is it? We like that. That that's good. That it's aggressive, but it means he holds the ball more, uh, and that means that the more times they throw it, the more often he's going to get hit. And mm-hmm. uh, with who he is as a passer, uh, that that that's just that that's the reality that they have to deal with. Uh, I I I I don't think I I I w- wouldn't have predicted that or thought of that before the season started. Um, but it is it's it's just it's frustrating that even when they're playing against someone like the 49ers last week uh, and you're like oh, like they they, they they their top two uh, cornerbacks are really injured or sorry are injured they've got a really good run front like throw the ball and they, they were just so committed to uh to to running the ball they're so slow and uh, so i i found that uh i found that extremely frustrating um and uh, 
I think that you you, you 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 couldn't really have predicted it because even uh even in games with Mixon last year, uh they were they were they were throwing the ball a ton. That that's what they were doing, uh regardless of of situation, um. I think specifically with Chase, uh, that's something where I I personally think that uh, you want to go with the talent uh, more so than 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 the description of what's happened this year, um, and what the problems have been, um, because that that that's the thing that we we, we that's what we're talking about. That's the thing that we can actually. That's the thing that we know will be true next year. We know that next year Jamar Chase will be very talented. We'll know he'll have another year in the NFL. He uh, his training camp will probably be a bit smoother because he'll have played football recently. And uh, I think that the stuff about whether they're going to uh, what their throw rate is going to be, and uh, that's that that'll probably that'll probably give some some or it probably should give people some concern. Um, but it's not something that we could predict to carry over. Um, yeah, I think that uh, it is probably he's probably going to get the uh, the Justin Jefferson uh, sort of range, right? And, For and sure. I, I'd, I'd be happy taking him there. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Um, I mean, Hassan, you mentioned you thought Boyd might be gone. With, you know, today we saw Chase have basically his worst game as a pro, only three yards on four targets. Uh, and Chase went off. To, I mean, not Chase, Boyd went off. Um, he didn't have to throw. Yeah, well, no, that's true. Um, do you think, like, if Boyd is gone, or does where you take Chase depend on whether Boyd is still there? Can nah. you see a sc- scenario next year in which. Chase has a secondary breakout season and Boyd is still on the team. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Actually, it, it would actually work a little bit better for, for us if Boyd mm-hmm. was there. Mm-hmm. Um, if only because it would provide covering fire, right? Because you can see people get into your draft and say they have Boyd and they have Higgins. Yeah. Right. And you can see Chase going after Higgins. And when it's people make their. I'm sorry. When people, a lot of the, a lot of the, the volume based or value based yeah. drafting, it's so yeah. based on, on on projections. And when you do yep. a projections for the Bengals, if you have three guys there, it's going to push them down. Exactly. Yeah, sure. It's. I mean, part of the reason why Metcalf and Justin Jefferson were so and Brown as well were so high this year was not just because they had good rookie seasons. It was also because. Justin Jefferson and it's Adam Thielen and it's a very narrow, narrow target tree, right? Like, like for as early as as uh, JJ like Jefferson was going, Thielen was also going early. Julio Jones was yeah. also going early. Um, despite the thin target tree, Mike Williams wasn't going early. You know, um, Cooper Cup and Woods are another example of a thin target tree going early together. Metcalf and Lockett, you know, Godwin and Evans, just like. You know, like Gar- Garvin and Evans wearing back-to-back picks, right? It's just, it's just, uh, you know. So people are like going to be talking themselves into uh, they can't see it with these three good receivers type of thing. I think you get like I think Chase goes a little bit lower than he should. I would, I would assume, just just from my just from my you know perspective, I think 
I think you kind of see this uh, a split that's similar to what you had with CD and Amari, like 12 and 13. But if this run-heavy approach stays, you probably get like Higgins as like like 12, and you get Chase at like wide receiver 15, 16, 17, somewhere like there. Mm-hmm. And that's I, think, like, mm-hmm. I think one thing that is going to, uh, I guess, uh, keep uh, Chase high enough is that he has actually scored a bucket lot of points this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's... Yeah. Uh, it, it's probably it's probably it, it it's definitely going to come down after this week, uh, but before this week he was wide receiver seven in, in scoring. Yeah. This this it, it'll probably get pushed down to wide receiver ten or so. Uh, so that's probably going to be somewhat of a yeah uh, because you you know like that that that's a factor when people do their rankings like whether they right. whether they like it or not they get anchored to uh, where you finished right right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I'm trying to think of who was like the wide receiver ten or something this year and where they were going. But I mean if you It was see, Alan Robinson. It was Alan Robinson and he was going that's at what like I was the, thinking. in the early in the early third. Yeah, early middle going, he, third. No, or like at the three oh three. He was going early than Terry McLaurin, C D Lamb, like and the right. Like right. he just like people were just like, he's gonna get all the volume. He's Alan Robinson. He's so good. Yeah, so if you see Chase going in the early third, I mean that's Smashler. even later than Jefferson was going this year. Yeah, because they were that going in the mid second, like and, and, and Metcalf. Like, Metcalf is um, a guy whose whose price I couldn't square. I think this year, and it kind of maybe I lucked into it a little bit. Yeah, Metcalf is. I mean, I just it's just everyone everyone talks themselves into the Seahawks cooking, <laughs> and it never works out, guys. It's like the fifth year in a row. <laughs> like five years gone, man. Like, right. like uh, I mean, and, and and the thesis there for Metcalf is there, right? But like, um, Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown at cost were probably better. You probably wanted it was what we talked about at the top of the show, where you wanted to be mixing these guys in, right? Right. right. Uh, Do you think that he was? Are you saying essentially that he was at a price that where uh, this extra pass volume slash efficiency? It was already it was already in that price. It was already, already baked paying. in. It's it's been baked in for those guys for years, man. Um, if if I told you, do you do you want to guess where uh, uh, what uh, Russell Wilson's ADP was? Out of curiosity, where do you think he went? Like not not his round, but like what pick was he? But if you're picking quarterbacks, you mean like, like what what quarterback pick? Eight. Yeah. I think seven or eight. Yeah, that sounds about right. Very, very close. He was QB six. Uh, he was going earlier than Justin Herbert. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's to me like that's ass backwards, right? Like you'd rather have Herbert <laughs> than like Wilson, in my opinion. Uh, and he was going earlier than Aaron Rodgers, right? So it's just like because people always talk themselves into like this Wilson who exists in their minds, and not William the one who we currently have, probably right. Earlier than Brady, earlier than Jalen Hurts, Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow, everybody else. Yeah, and given what we know now, or or, or should have known in July, that does seem quite bad. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it just it's just um, you can't like I couldn't I couldn't square the receivers and Chris Carson's ADP, so I was just out on Chris Carson, which was kind of fortunate, right? But there's another breed of player, like I was mentioning, that is on Chris Chris Carson, like forty plus percent Chris Carson the fourth, thinking that they're ready to like run to the printing presses. 
buddy, you know, like, <laughs> like, like they should be going to the ATMs and just depositing the money into our accounts. All right. Yeah. Well, on that note, we should probably call it a night, right? We're going on pushing an hour and a half. <laughs> hey, it's, it's, it's good to have uh, Connor on. I would, uh, you know, we want to thank him for coming back on. Please follow him. At Draco out. Um, remember to rate and review the Road of His Radio uh, channel on podcast Spotify. Yeah, so, absolutely. And uh, uh, check out Connor's article at Road of His. He writes the buy week, buy low report every week. So uh, something to uh, definitely check out and uh, make sure you're you're subscribed to Road of His so you can catch that every week. Don't Connor, what are your off season plans? Just let the people know where you're going to be, where they can find you, and. Um, I, I honestly, I, I don't, I, I, uh, haven't talked too much about off season, but anything that I do right will be on, uh, on road of this. Um, I think that, uh, um, yeah, I, 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 I'll, I'll probably have more thoughts, uh, once I look at all the, uh, the data and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, really, really looking forward to the off season. Really looking forward to, to looking uh, back at the season. Um, I guess I don't want to jump ahead too much. Uh, we still have a lot of football left, so I'm <laughs> I, I'm I'm, in, I'm enjoying that too. Um, but thanks for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you next week. <laughs>